0: A story, fill up the pages, sing a little song, keep me around, keep So this episode comes with some trigger warning. We are talking about poison. So there's some murder and some plotting and things like that. And the vaguely horrible effects of poison. There is a true crime story where um, a person murders a bunch of people. And there's also some mentions of domestic abuse for the reason of poisoning. So... These are all your warnings now. And it's going to be a good episode anyway, so thanks for listening.
1: So when you get sweaty, Maddie, does it smell like popcorn to you?
0: Does it smell like popcorn when I'm sweaty?
2: Yeah, your 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 funky feet sweats in particular.
1: Do those smell like popcorn. They're they're smelling
0: themselves.
1: No. What about try try your your little toesies?
2: Try your little little foot. uh, I can't smell my foot. Go for it. Well, you think I'm like a contortionist or something? Yeah, that someone does aerials and like.
0: No, contortion is a class I'm not qualified to be in at the aerial studio.
2: Okay. Well, that's interesting to me because it seems that lately and more so, every time my feet get really smelly, they smell like cheesy cheesy good popcorn.
0: Your feet smell like popcorn.
2: Yeah. Well like rancid, horrible popcorn, but <laughs> popcorn nonetheless.
0: Maybe you're thinking of like nutritional yeast. Is that what it you maybe it smells like that?
2: Which isn't that like a bacteria in and of itself? There might be... We it's a may living have,
0: culture, yeah.
2: Yeah, we may have stumbled on a connection here. So, if I was to, like, shave my feet leavings into some kind of, <laughs> like, pan and leave it in the kitchen to dry it out, would that be uh, something you'd be amenable to?
0: I, I would be amenable to you not having feet that you need to shave things off of.
2: I'm, I'm just talking about scraping my leavings. Sorry, not
1: shave.
0: Well, scrape, shaved. Whatever. Maybe just wash your feet more or something. Mm.
1: Mm. Not open to that.
0: Get some scent-free socks. Yeah.
2: Scent-free, is that a thing? Well, before we get into that, hello everybody, <laughs> and welcome to another fucking fantastic episode of ADD Storytelling, the podcast in which we explore the myths and legends of our time, the past, the future, and the present. I guess that's redundant because I said our time, in no particular order, and sometimes with less than perfect focus. My name is Tucker, and I'm joined, as always, by our diaphanous, neurodivergent, and
1: spectacularly radiant host, Maddie. How's it going today, Maddie? Um...
0: I found out what my schedule will be with work, which is exciting.
1: Fascinating.
0: And also, uh, I started drawing blathers from Animal Crossing, which is also an exciting development.
1: That is good. Do yeah. you want to lie and say you didn't do did anything else today?
0: I also did professional development for four hours.
2: Fuck yeah, there it is. That wasn't a lie, but I'll take <laughs> it. So,
0: From 8 to 12 a.m.
2: Cool. So what are we talking about today, Maddie?
0: Today we're talking about elite poisoners. So people that are, you know, pretty well off that are involved in poisonings and poisoning people and are interested in poisons.
2: So the poisoning deep state. The yeah. elites. The so ones elite, that
0: have, you know, we've got you know
2: Define elite for us and or for me specifically and, you know, by extent the listener.
0: So I put in elite as in, like, we've got a pharaoh,
1: we've got um, a sort of
0: bourgeoisie cosmetic salesman, and marquise. Marquise? It's a marquise because it's a lady. It's oh. It's got an Um And it's, you know, like, someone that was hanging out with the Sun King drinking Fancy champagne and shit.
2: Sun king being Louis the Fourteenth.
0: That's right, French champagne. Indeed. That sort of stuff. So those are people that are in. You know, they're pretty well off.
2: None of the popes.
0: We None of the throw, popes.
2: You didn't throw that in.
0: Didn't throw that in. We can do a whole di- different thing about Pope guy. If oh
1: you want. man.
0: I I focused on also f- women. So.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: but that Medici Pope yeah. alright. Teaser for probably a later uh, minisode, but we, we'll do Poisonous
1: Popes. that's good. Yeah. So, our sources for today. Yes. Which,
0: you know, we'll start with Cleopatra the Great, The Woman Behind the Legend by Dr. Joan Fletcher, and the Cla- Cleopatra Wikipedia. Uh, we've got Toxology and Snakes in. Ptolemaic Egyptian Dynasty, The Suicide of Cleopatra by Anna Maria Rosso. You got Poison, The History of Poisons, powders, and Murders, Practitioners by Ben Hubbard.
2: Is that the one you have in a physical form? Yes. That book is fantastic, and I recommend it to any listener. It has some of the best produced prints of fine art that I've seen in a contemporary book in a while.
0: It's got good art prints. Yeah. Well, um, organized typography as well. Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History by Tori Telfer, also a good one. Um, Cleopatra by Jacob Abbott from 1861. Actually would not recommend that one. Kind of sucks. And Is then, it just because
2: of like, the male gaze on it?
0: Oh, it's it's rough. <laughs> so, then we've got uh, Giulia Tofana, the 17th century professional poisoner said to have killed 600 men by Hannah McKenna. So, that gives you a spoiler of the people we're talking about today. So, there's a lot to say about Cleopatra and there's a lot to read about Cleopatra and I read a lot more than I'm going to say today because it was pretty fascinating. And we're talking now about Cleopatra the 7th. Yeah. Pharaoh, you know the one that everybody knows?
1: Ptolemaic pharaoh.
0: Yeah. Macedonian, etc. person. I mean, now I feel like I should do like a super brief I have even a brief cliff notes of her life, but I think I'm going to make it even briefer because we have a lot to talk about today.
2: Run it down. I mean, the Ptolemaic period of Egypt is mainly just Greek, Greek uh, say occupation.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm only going to talk about her. She's the only important part to me. So, Cleopatra VII was born in 69 BCE nice. from an illegitimate union of Ptolemy XII, and was not considered to be a great threat to rulers until she was chosen as co-regent in fifty two, with uh, Ptolemy the thirteenth, in joint rule, and then she expelled her brother and ruled alone for about two years. Then she had to be expelled from Egypt because people were upset she was ruling her on her own, so they kind of supported the brother and kind of pushed her out. Mm-hmm. And then she came back to Egypt when um. Julius Caesar came because she had some confidence that she could woo Julius Caesar, and then she did.
2: She, as I have said several times while Maddie was uh, researching today's topic, uh, Cleopatra is a bit of a man-sailor and that she knew how to read the winds on the man-sea and know which dude to align herself with at any given point in order to really consolidate power. And she is my favorite person for that reason.
0: Yeah, anyway, Julius Caesar came to the royal palace in Egypt and met Cleopatra. was like, I want to put you back on the phone. You're pretty smart. She's like, cool. And then, uh, you know, they got together. She had his kid. He got assassinated when they went back to Rome. And then she stuck around for another month after that to see if her son with him, Caesarion, was going to be named the heir to the Roman thing. That didn't happen, so she left. Poisoned her brother, who was on the throne in Egypt. And then was like, okay, now I'm in charge of Egypt again. And then Octavian, which is like Caesar's heir, Mm -hmm. then goes down.
1: Nephew, I believe.
0: I don't know. Octavian and Marcus Antony
1: went down to Egypt to avenge Caesar's death. Whatever. Big wars happened. And then
0: Antony and Cleopatra met in 41 BCE and then had an affair.
2: Ride that dude wind straight Um, into the arms of Mark Antony.
0: As she had twins with him and another son. But Antony ended up marrying Octavian's sister. And then when they divorced, that started the last war, which is basically the the downfall of Cleopatra and Antony. And then there's, like, a whole battle and blah, 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 and eventually... Sealed
2: themselves in their tombs and all that jazz.
0: Yeah, so Mark Ant- Marcus Antony ends up, like, committing suicide, like, sort of before she does. She gets caught, and then she commits suicide.
2: Presumably. There's well, of...
0: then she dies by suicide.
2: Sealing herself in her unfinished mausoleum.
0: Well, I mean, she was just... She was in captivity, but Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so that's background information, but what's interesting is how interested she was in poison, so that's what I'm really going to talk about, I might, I might just cut out the whole beginning part and just talk about why was Cleopatra so interested in poisoning? She was an empress. Yeah, this is great, though. She is whatever.
2: Gotta learn who she is.
0: So, what is she interested in? You know, she's got all the resources in the world for...
2: Political power. She's... Manipulation.
0: Well, yeah, all of those things. That's
2: why I'm thinking, don't cut any of that out, because it all feeds into interest in poison. One wants to know the art of, I will say, politics. I mean, it's part and parcel. You gotta be able to take out your opponents back then. You can't have them cancelled by the leftists back then. You gotta poison them.
0: Well, anyway, she did experiments relating to fetal development and is said to have influenced the Greek doctor Galen. She was the only Ptolemaic ruler to learn Egyptian, though her native language was Kioni Greek. She spoke eight languages, including Greek and the native tongues of the land she ruled, Ethiopian, Trogodite, Hebrew, Arabic, and the Syrian language, or perhaps Syriac. Her high status... Most likely allowed her to study rhetoric, arithmetic, geometry, medicine, in addition to the arts like singing, playing music, design, and horseback riding. She was considered to be vivacious, intelligent, ambitious, and charming. She took great pride in her appearance, being immensely admired, and studied the fragrances and cosmetic formulas in a recipe book entitled Cleopatra Gynosyarium.
2: Speaking of cosmetics back then
0: long lost and it is said that the described oil and balsams to protect your skin against the dry desert were all kept in this book so that's interesting
2: yeah speaking of cosmetics back then apparently it was pretty commonplace for rulers especially in the egypt egyptian uh, greek areas of the world or or just say mediterranean to use uh lapis lazuli or cobalt as a like a highlighter around the eyes, which is
1: extremely
2: toxic, let alone being that close to porous surfaces such as the eyes. Lapis lazuli
0: as a pigment is toxic.
2: Yes, I didn't know that. Especially cobalt.
0: Interesting. I mean, it's different, but yeah. Her interest in poison was probably joint with an interest in pharmacology and cosmetic recipes, and the That's largest, I- the second largest temple. Finished by um, her father was the laboratory of Edfu, and it was super important at the time and there was a lot of recipes of ointments and perfumes that were produced there, so she inherited apart from the crown a great inclination of her ancestors toward medicine and their love of science, so she knew some rudimentary knowledge of medicine, she was aware of gynecological diseases, and was conversant in pharmacology and botanic um sciences and she said to have authored some scientific texts. She also produced her own makeup, oils, remedies, and antiseptics for all of her beauty things.
1: So kind of like a Gwyneth Paltrow of the early uh, B.C. timeline.
0: Right. Okay, so she also had a great interest in toxicology and was perhaps tutored by Zopyrus, which was an en- he was an employed pharmacologist that they hired for making antidotes for poison. She also wrote down her findings about the effects of various poisons used within the Gynesians' execution grounds. So there's some historical debate that she physically compelled the condemned prisoners to poison themselves since they were already convicted and she had research to do, but it could have been easily, like, propaganda against her that she is, like, delighted in the cruelty of poisoning people.
2: I mean, it's a classic refrain that poison is the woman's weapon.
0: Right. She is said to have studied in whatever form all kinds of poisons. So,
2: I mean, I feel like it could be pretty certain to hypothesize that she had agents that carried out her poisonings. I mean, it still means she did it, but she's not going around. Po- I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Based on what I've read recently, yeah, maybe, maybe not so much. As an be observer intimately- or otherwise,
0: she was interested in mineral, venomous, and botanical poisons. And she was convinced that oral poisons could cause her severe pain, stomach cramps, and a gradual end, as Plato described Socrates' end. She most likely decided that for herself, she would prefer a quick and pain-free death by snake venom. It's likely she studied the reactions and compared the symptoms to bites of various species living in Egypt. Which
2: is where we get the classic story of the asp.
0: So there. this is a vaguely sexist quote by Sweet. the Jacob Abbott book when she is studying poisons when she's with Antony, and it's like in this intermediary period where they're having dinners with their you Heads know they're they're like loyal people and like they're all wearing poison flower garlands and they're like if you die we'll die like they're in love with the couple like that kind of thing mm. so kind of like
2: a show of loyalty
0: yeah basically and so this quote is a little bit long but it's like I thought it was pretty fun so i'm just going to read like this one here So, Antony was not entirely at ease, however, during the progress of these terrible experiments. His foolish and childish fondness for Cleopatra was mingled with jealousy, suspicion, and distress, and he was so afraid that Cleopatra might secretly poison him that he would never take any food or wine without requiring that she should taste it before him. At length, one day, Cleopatra caused the petals of some flowers to be poisoned, and then had all the flowers woven into a chaplet, which Antony was eager to wear at supper. In the midst of the feast, she pulled off the leaves of the flowers from her own chaplet and put them playfully into her wine, and then proposed that Antony should do the same with his chaplet, and that they should drink the wine tinctured as it would be, with the color and perfume of the flowers. Antony entered very readily into this proposal, and when he was about to drink the wine, she arrested his hand and told him that it was poisoned. You see now, said she, how vain it is for you to watch against me. If it were possible for me to live without you, how easy it would be for me to devise ways and means to kill you. Then, to prove their words were true, she ordered one of the servants to drink Antony's wine. He did so, and died before their sight in dreadful agony. That's fucked. The experiments with which Cleopatra thus made on the nature and effect of poison were not, however, wholly without practical result. Cleopatra learned from them, it is said, that the bite of the asp was the easiest and least painful mode of death, The effect of the venom of that animal, which appeared to be the lulling of the sensorium in a lethargy or stupor, which soon ended in death without the intervention of pain. So, you know, they're saying like, oh, like she, that's like the legend is that she held an ash to her breast and died. But that's most likely not what happened.
2: So you're telling me there was no snake.
0: Well, I'm saying that the snake didn't have to, she didn't have to be holding a snake to her breast to die that way, you know? Like yeah. if even if she was like, yeah, I want to use snake venom. She could have easily gotten snake venom like earlier and like kept it or whatever.
2: And would you be able to drink snake venom for it to be efficacious? No,
0: no, no. You got to do it intravenously. Yeah. So you got to you got to inject it in some way or like stab yourself with it in some or way. Just
2: cut your vein and pour the snake venom on it.
0: Something like that.
2: I mean, that yeah. would be.
0: There's lots of different ways that you could do that, but, you know. So The reason that whole long, sort of, like, pretty sexist thing is happening, because, you know, Antony's, like, mistrustful of her because she knows about poisons, which is, like, okay. How dare
2: this woman be educated.
0: Yeah, she's she's incredibly educated. Like, extremely enigmatic and charming and educated, and so he's threatened by her because she's, like, just, you know, whatever. But she obviously loved him. She had three kids with him, and, you know.
2: I don't know if that's a measurement of love, though, in this time. Going back to the dude sailor analogy, she had a bunch of kids with Julius Caesar as well. Didn't she have two?
0: She just had one. I thought she had multiples.
2: But anyway, yeah. I mean, she's she's just playing the field. She she sees which way the wind blows, and she uh, she gambled on Mark Antony and failed on that one. But
0: well, I think she had. I think she cared for him. That's what I choose to think. Okay. But you know, whatever. I. It was very like. Yeah, I don't know where he got his research, but it, it is like, I think it was a good example of how the mythology of Cleopatra and her poisoning is really like gotten out of hand. Yes. Now that we talked about, of course, we have to talk about how she died. Because it was by some sort of poisoning. Mm-hmm. So well, I read an article mention, about it. And it was interesting. A couple. Well, I also read a book and an article. But anyway. <laughs> so. Humble brag. We're going to talk about the death the mythical death of cleopatra and her dying
2: mythical or legendary
0: well so i mm, well the truth is that we don't know what the heck happened yeah so whatever thing we're going to say right now is a theory
2: so i'd say legendary more than mythical whatever sorry got a i guess it just came from deep inside me the urge to mansplain <laughs> i
0: don't know if it was a mansplain but it was a it was a nitpicker maybe yeah that's okay though doesn't matter Is You know, it's specious in some way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. The first account of Cleopatra's death was that of Strabo, who wrote 10 to 48 years after the event. You know, a really exact amount. (laughs) Although he himself was probably in Alexandria by the time of the ruler's end. He also proposed two accounts. She put to herself to death secretly while in prison by the bit of an asp or by applying a poisonous ointment. Which could be one and the same. Yeah. -hmm. Adrian Mayer, author of Mithridates' biography, The Poison King, holds that Cleopatra would have taken a high dose of opium as a sedative and then succumbed to a cobra bite within about a half an hour.
2: That sounds... I'm going to subscribe to that one.
0: That sounds pretty good. I mean, she would have been sedated and calm, feeling no pain, when the cobra venom slowed her respiration and she breathed her last and died.
2: Yeah, with her uh knowledge of toxicology, that would probably be the way I would do it.
0: Yeah, and then there's some arguing about like how long it would actually take for her to die, which I'm sure is like, you know, okay. Well, cause between most half venom's an hour and two
2: hours. Yeah.
0: Some ancient sources claim that she smeared a pin with some poison whose composition rendered it harmless if the contract were external, but which if the smallest quantity entered the bloodstream would quickly prove fatal, although also painless. According to this theory, she had previously worn the pin in her hair as usual. It was also said she carried the poison in a hollow bodkin, which she had wound about her hair, so she could have easily done any sort of poison in there, like snake venom, some other thing, and then kept it in her hair.
2: So I like this. It's like a a false pen equivalent, of like of a hairpin. Yeah, hairpin. Where pen. you can like take out the internal cylinder and thus stab yourself with it and die. It's, yeah, like in lieu in lieu of having like that molar. Filled with arsenic or whatever you would have for a spy during the cold War as a hairpin yeah I love that that's fascinating though do we have what is the I've never heard anything like this it just seems like a really cool kind of idea but
0: interestingly enough the Roman soldiers who searched your body after death may have missed the deadly hairpin as hair was considered invaluable. involuble
1: invaluable
0: involuolable Inviolable.
1: inviolable. Viola, Whatever. Viola Davis.
0: In Roman culture. She chose to die in the presence of her hairdresser, which may circumstantially give this theory some credit. Also, when well, they found... alright, well, all right,
2: well uh, hold up. That point, she... If we're going back to the legend of her sealing herself in her tomb...
0: She didn't seal her... That's when Antony died. That's not when she died.
2: Antony died before... Oh, no. She thought was, Antony was dead. And therefore she sealed herself in her tomb.
0: Right, but then Antony wasn't dead. So yes. then he came to her in her tomb and yeah. then like died in her arms or whatever, but she didn't die, and then she got arrested by Octavian, and then she died in a different place where Octavian was holding
2: her. Yes. So but my point being she was in her tomb.
0: No, was like, she wasn't in the tomb when she did this. I'm so this just
1: was saying like a, a, a after this the act? tomb
0: moment. Tomb moment happened, Antony died there. Uh-huh. Then she was arrested and taken somewhere else.
2: Ah, Okay, well, she still is going to have her uh, her attendants with her,
0: right? Exactly. So you, she's also going to have her cosmetics, right?
2: Yeah. So the, the the point I was initially trying to make, and is and she's
0: going to have her hairpins.
2: It's not so much even if like she
0: doesn't have her cosmetics. It's have
2: her that she had her hairdresser with her. Her hairdresser was always with.
0: I'm just saying, it's not always a thing. So before her death, Cleopatra lay down upon her golden bed and with majestic grace. Took in her hands all the emblems of royalty, and after neatly arranging Cleopatra's rose about her, Charmian took her place at the head of the bed, as Iris took hers at the foot. Specific positions at either end of the body, which were the traditional places of Isis and Nephilus as chief guardians of the deceased, with Charmian, uh, Charmian, the royal hairdresser, taking the place of Nephilis, the goddess responsible for the linen which decked out the dead,
2: the mummy rabbits.
0: Isis's close association with the hairdresser's art meant that Iris was equally well-placed to perform the sacred duty as she handed over the hollow hairpin with its lethal content. Cleopatra made the slight scratch on her arm and had dipped the pin in blood. Since the skin was slightly broken, the venomous contents were rapidly absorbed intravenously. As the poison began to take effect, Cleopatra closed her eyes and a gradual numbness crept across her body. So, this is when Octavian's men... She had sent some letter before, so now they're rushing to her. Octavian's men... Hurried through the anterooms and flung open the doors to find Cleopatra lying upon a bed of gold, set out in all her royal ornaments. Iris, one of the women, lay dying at her feet, and Charmian, just ready to fall, scarcely able to hold up her head, was adjusting her mystic's diadem, inherited from Alexander, as, a, as her symbol of power. Clearly stunned by be the calculated the, be the effect,
2: serpent that you usually see above, like a pharaoh's like, death mask.
0: Clearly stunned by the calculated effect of the staged, managed sight before them, one of the men asked angrily, Was this well done of your lady, Charmian? Extremely well done, she answered defiantly with her final breath, and as befitting the descendant of so many kings.
2: Now we got exact quotes.
0: Well, so, yeah, so there are quotes from old sources, right? This is a combined source that I got that from. But they're pulled from other sources. That was like a biography of Cleopatra that I read that from. Basically, they're saying, okay, she sta- probably stabbed herself with something that's venomous. And it would have made like a light like wound in her arm, which they did find a light wound. Well,
2: heard, well, What I just heard was that she scratched herself lightly.
0: Right, so she stabbed herself with a hairpin.
2: Well, in my mind, I was interpreting that as you just scratch yourself really hard until you get like a nice abrasion going or a rash. And then which would actually and I'm not just like clowning right now, which would cause enough of like the blood and your skin to open up wherein you could rub toxic venom on it and it would be absorbed into the bloodstream.
0: Yeah, so that's what she did instead of having so like there's this whole thing about the cobra being with her and then they're like. Arguing about, would the cobra really bite her? It's going to be too hot, so the cobra would move around. And how do we know what the cobra is going to do? And then what cobra is it? And, like, which thing? So she just took the cobra venom. smack it on the head. Yeah, so she just took the cobra venom before and just stabbed herself with it. Like, without the whole cobra being there. The cobra doesn't have to be there. There's a a whole thing about the cobra. It's it's the
2: cobra venom, and you just, like, scratch at your boobie and then put...
0: Right, but it was probably your arm. But, like, they were, like... supposed to be the boobie. Yeah, yeah, she was holding, so the myth is the that she's holding a breast. cobra to yeah. her breast, which is, like, really dramatic.
2: Romantic.
0: And, you know, it's, like, the, <gasps> the symbol of royalty or whatever, the cobra and the king of yeah, snakes and truly, blah, blah, Yeah, blah. Th-
2: that's the diadem you just mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The cobra is the symbol of the pharaoh that you wear above your head. Yeah, so you're saying that, like, yeah, this romanticized story...
0: It's probably that she just knew a bunch of different snake poisons. She's like, I want that one. And then she had a bunch in the Royal Zoo, and then she just took some venom, and then she stored it in her hairpin, and then she stabbed herself.
2: So today's episode... That's my theory. Rather than being called like, uh...
1: (laughs) Elite Poisoners, it should just be like Maddie, like, kind of dumps down and makes all our fun stories lame.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm done with it now. We're going to go on to the next one. Bomber's time with Maddie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. That's Cleopatra. By Cleopatra. Now we're talking
0: about Giulia Tofana. This is Italian? This is Italian. (gasps) Woo! Renaissance Italy.
2: Let the marinara
0: 1700s. Basically a crapshoot for women in marriages. Domestic violence was unpunished and divorce was not possible for many in this highly patriarchal conservative society.
2: Wait, are we set 1700s or New Jersey today? Oh,
0: Wow. Damn. Shots sorry. fired. Hot take.
1: Okay.
0: Mm. Women had very few rights and less employment opportunities, so many were left with the choices of getting married to whomever, engaging in sex work for independence, or becoming a widow. And you I'm obviously So Once again, my
2: question still stands.
0: <laughs> you need to be married for the third option, and the husband had to die first, so that's a lot of prerequisites to become a wealthy widow situation. Yeah.
2: It seems like one of those, like, checklists of um, prereqs that I would look at when I got really excited about, like, a job or a career path, and the moment I saw it, I was like, eh, mm, nah. I'll just stay just a victim of the patriarchy.
0: Thank you, Lena. Sofana made her work from these aspiring widows who wished to have their husbands die from a painless, yet fatal, illness. Her own mother was previously executed for killing her husband, and it's rumored that Sofana got her poison recipe handed down to her from her mother, so it seems likely that her mother was in an abusive marriage. As Tofana was then later disposed to help other women in a similar position.
2: It must be kind of tricky, though, to get that recipe handed down because, as is Italian tradition, you're always getting at least you're getting a litany of recipes when any family member dies. Whether they're good or bad, but like, you think that's in its own leather-bound book of like man? Yeah, no, the man just bookmarked it. Bookmarked this one's for man-killing.
0: It'll the other like, ones are you know, thinner and on lasagna. Yeah.
2: Okay. This one's for diddly noodles. This one's for disposing of boys. They're both she in was, the D. Um,
0: <laughs> she was known as a someone to turn to when a wife was in troubled circumstances. Her daughters were also then adopted into the business as they got older. So she had two, two daughters of her own. So her poison business was a facet of her cosmetics business in Naples and Rome. The poison could be sold in a powdered form and casings that would go unnoticed on a fine lady's dressing table.
2: I like that through line between this. Was that intentional between this and Cleopatra? They were both cosmetic, yeah?
0: Yes, Maddie's both nodding. hidden cosmetics. Uh-huh. She also later sold it's her signature poison. It's almost like a lot poison. of the things
2: in our makeup are poison.
0: Well, And no. they were
2: only recently, in the last it. couple hundred years, addressing that and dealing with it.
0: Well, there's nice things now. Yeah. She also later sold her signature poison, the Aqua Tofana. In liquid form, and under the name of a popular acne treatment for the time, Manna of St. Nicholas of Bari.
2: I want to rant more. It's almost like the patriarchy has forced women for centuries to put poison on their face to be quote-unquote attractive, and in the process of doing so...
0: This isn't even the most fucked-up thing. You know, box hair dye has, like, this horrible chemical. Let's of do it. Yeah, chemical. let's get into this. Like, PDD chemicals yeah. are, like the most harmful from hair toxins. They're Uh, in every box dye, basically, in the supermarket. And the people that are buying box dye in the supermarket can't afford to get their hair done or to don't have the time or experience to do so. So it's always low-income women that are dying to dye their hair because people aren't allowed to, like, you know, have gray hair.
1: Yeah. It's
2: almost like we force... (laughs) We force women into this position of needing to uphold this ideal and this standard of beauty that... Causes them to be in touch and uh, familiar with a bunch of fucking poison. And then what are they going to do with that?
0: No, no, oh, this is a totally, this is like literal poison. I know. Not just chemical poison.
2: Well, I mean, well, that's what I'm talking so- I mean.
0: That's like a cumulative chemical buildup effect. Slow death
2: versus fast death kind of thing.
0: Well, you get sick. You you could get health issues depending, like, it's not a guarantee, but like, you know, you're you're getting like, Basically, like, an influx of toxins. So, like, in the same way that we're getting an influx of plastics, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: And then it builds into the whole narrative, though, of, like, poison is a woman's weapon. I hate it all. It sucks.
0: Anyway, her business was thriving for around 50 years, but she was finally reported by a client that was unable to finish the job after dropping the poison in her husband's soup. (laughs) After being coerced by her husband, so I read two sources, and one of them said she just had a change of heart and then like the husband pressed her like in the sense like verbally pressed her like me. a panini um and she spilled the whole story and then the other article i read was like that he beat her until she told him
1: yeah so I think it's you know it's that. probably
0: somewhere in there so i said coerced cuz that says both
2: yeah but then you went on and told us
0: yeah so either probably... way after being coerced by her husband the story of her purchasing the poison at Giulina's shop came out in 1651. Papal authorities in Rome then came after Giuliana Tofana. She was able to hide for a time in a church that provided sanctuary. However, since there was already a craze of fear about poisoning at the time, rumors spread that Tofana had poisoned the city's water supply, a la the Joker. <laughs> With panic yeah, rising- Yeah, true, that's
2: the one person that has ever poisoned water.
0: Yeah, no one would do it, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> With panic rising, the authorities Thanks, stormed Phoenix. the church and apprehended her, her daughters, oh, and accomplices. Oh, so she took
2: sanctuary in a church?
0: Yes, we're also captured.
2: Well, isn't that against the rules? I, especially these are the papal authorities.
0: It's against the rules,
2: huh?
0: Yeah, it's against the rules for them to go in and take her when she was taking sanctuary yes. a church. Yeah, but they stormed the church after there was a panic that she poisoned the water supply that someone made up.
1: Ah, okay.
2: See, I don't agree with like I I don't agree with like hiding in a church if you're just like I shot a person on the street. I'm a hide here. But like if we're just saying like hey, the town's being bombed. Let's hide in this church. They can't bomb it because of, you know, ethics and morals. That's good. But yeah, in this case, if they think she did poison the whole town's water supply, yeah. But she take, didn't. They I know, that I know she didn't, but she has been poisoning people, yes.
0: She's been selling poison to people that are trying to l- escape abusive marriages. Okay, here we go. Upon capture, she was tortured. Natural. And confessed to having sold poison to kill more than 600 men okay. throughout her career.
2: Well, then big fucking asterisks on this whole story, Maddie. It's
0: unclear how much of this is verifiably true. Maybe that's just how many she sold, but some people never went through with it, or the numbers could have been exaggerated under duress because or she, she, was was being tra- tra- she was being tortured. Yes. So she, she could have, have just said that. She may have not done anything at all. I this mean, might be
2: a person that was entirely innocent,
0: right? So there's that spectrum. I'm. I think she probably sold some poison, but I don't know if it was six hundred poison. I
2: don't. You said this was in the 1600s, 1700s. Yeah, I don't know. I think they just scapegoated someone under torture. I feel like I would, I'm about to believe this if, like, she set up some kind of like order of the like feminine pestilence. Like that carried on. She had her a little work. group. Yeah, but I mean, also, people. What are we? Mm, we're learning about other shit like in catty groups right now from history. They'll just like flip on one another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm, so yeah, I'm maybe she's not guilty. Who knows? Her confession. For her confession, the it's verdict stuck. is death. It's y- stuck. Yeah. 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 She's dead now. So. She was executed along with her daughters and her three female assistants in 1659. Her body was then thrown over the walls of the church that had granted her sanctuary. I'm unclear what that means. Like, did they just jump her in the courtyard? Or was like there nothing yeah, behind cr- the church so they threw her into the wilderness? Like,
2: It's one of two things. They either hucked her into the moat or...
0: There's no ch- moat in a church. Mm,
2: some churches do be having moats. But more likely than not, most latrines were cut into the sides of churches. Especially large ones in which the, uh, the, uh, you know, I'm going to call them shitters. Sorry, young listeners. I know this has been pretty PG. You so started now.
0: the podcast with the word fucking.
2: I know. Uh, but in which the shitters are placed along the sides, the walls of the church, especially if it's like. So a she's
0: not over the walls. She's
2: thrown into the poop pile.
0: Over the wall though. Yeah. So why would it be outside the wall? So that's what I'm saying. You don't know if they're throwing her into the church. Where she was holding... Or they're throwing it out from that church.
2: No, they're definitely throwing it out.
0: Okay, so then that wouldn't be in the shitter. Yeah, the the shitter is
2: outside. No, the shitter is along the walls of the church that poop out into it. They're gutters that run out of the church, out of the castle, out of the encartments of the...
0: Well, that's just confusing. I don't know. The whole thing's confusing.
2: They threw her out with the refuse. They put her in the shit pile. Yeah, it's
0: not great. Um, also, some of her later accomplices were also bricked up in Palazzo Pucci's dungeons and left there to die. So that's great. Oh. All the like fucking Edgar Allan Pope bricked up to die. So yeah, was...
2: that's a whole thing. But usually, that's wait where?
0: Palazzo Pucci's dungeons.
2: Okay, in the dungeons is different because like, there are uh, a lot of monks um, that would have themselves bricked up so to like undergo uh, like a fast and just uh, kind of you would be cut off from all worldly like. You wouldn't be able to speak to anyone, enjoy anything, or like deal with anything other than just reading and meditating on the Word of God. And so they'd be bricked up into these little holes where you would just be able to slip them like a plate with bread and a a single bean.
0: Yeah. So they just bricked them up and murdered them.
2: Yeah. She didn't get the bean though.
0: No, it was just she's um, got some accomplices. Up. Funnily enough, also in Renaissance times, the name of the poison Atropa belladonna got its name. Women in Italy would use belladonna eye drops to dilate their pupils and give themselves a doe eyed appearance. Belladonna means beautiful woman in Italian. So I feel like they would look unwell in this day and age. Like, I wonder if there were like adverse effects to like putting literal poison in your eyeball.
2: There's only one way to
1: find out, Maddie.
0: I have to distill belladonna and put it in my eyeballs and see if I get sick? Yes. That seems like too much work.
1: So, are are you trying to segue into, like, a really... No, I just thought
0: that was interesting. Now I'm going to talk about the poison that she's famous for, the Aquana Tofana. So, it's described as a clear, harmless-looking liquid, needing only four to six drops to effectively kill someone. Early symptoms are slight. You could presumably poison the victim in doses to further mimic a lasting disease.
2: Yeah, that's still a common technique.
0: Administered in wine or tea or some other liquid, the first dose would produce exhaustion and weakness. The husband would find these symptoms innocuous, and therefore not call in medical help. After a second dosage... Which
2: was so readily available back then.
0: The symptoms became more pronounced, and the victim would experience stomach issues, vomiting, and diarrhea. After the third dose, the victim would decline and feel it necessary to put his affairs in order, which is great for the widow that is aspiring to murder him so that she would then have his wealth and also independence from the horrible abuse, most likely, that he's doing. As Chambers' journal wrote in 1890 of
2: The Poison. Tis shitty!
0: (laughs) A third dose would prostrate even the most vigorous man. The doctor would be completely puzzled to see that the apparently simple ailment did not surrender to his drugs, and while he would still be in the dark to its nature, other doses would be given until at length death would claim the victim for its own. To save her fair fame, the wife would demand a post-mortem examination. Result, nothing, except that the woman was able to pose as a slandered innocent, and that it would be remembered that her husband died without either pain, inflammation, fever, or spasms. If after this, the woman within a year or so formed a new connection, nobody can blame her. That's the quote. So, it's been suggested that the main ingredient of the poison was arsenic, though belladonna, antimony, lead, and cantharidin have also been reported to be a part of the mixture as well. I feel like that might disguise the arsenic a little bit if they had all this other stuff, like make it less the primary ingredient, since apparently arsenic has this sort of distinct smell or something. Which is well, why it tastes sem- like almonds. It smells it like smells something. like almonds. It tastes and smells. Yeah.
2: Which is why it's like the most almonds. commonly used poison in Ripon.
0: But the, the corpse also possibly smells like something sweet and almondy. You, yeah, that's what I'm
2: saying. Yeah, they will still exhume corpses like a couple years after their death to determine if it was arsenic poisoning. There right. Were, there have been <laughs> numerous people throughout history that have been convicted of poisoning their spouses based on the exhumation of a body well after the death.
0: Right. Also, the existence of this particular poison was totally not known to authorities until Tofana was arrested. So I feel like they found out about this poison that she was using and the way that she sold it, which was in those little bottles with the St. Nicholas on it, like whatever. Or they found out
2: about this new poison, saw this groovy chick, said, fuck her. And all her friends were like, yeah, she's a bit of a bitch. And like, sometimes she talks about Toby. And she's like, I don't ever I kind of wish Toby was gone. And the authorities were like, yeah, let's fucking throw her over the wall into the shit pile. And then they justified it being like, we just learned of a new poison. It smells like rose petals and almonds and kind of like Rocky Road. She's definitely guilty. That's why we threw her into our shit heap.
0: <laughs> okay, well. Last I'm of- going to say this woman was fine. I, I, she was definitely cool.
2: She got tortured.
0: That sucks that she got tortured. I, I So you know what? The problem is, is that people a abuse their died. wives.
1: Huh?
0: Don't abuse your wives if you don't want to get poisoned. That's what I'm saying. There was such a market for her to have a business for 50 years even if she was selling cosmetics and poison because you guys were fucking messing. You
2: pointed at me!
0: <laughs> Men were fucking it up.
2: That's fair. I'll take that point.
0: You know what? Do you expect? And you know what?
2: Who has the last laugh? <laughs> Men, because they tortured her to death and threw her over the country.
0: Yeah, and who are still making more fucking money than me? Men. Whatever.
1: <sighs>
0: okay. Last one. This one's a straight up murderer, though. She's not any. She's just like a. She's just a murderer. <laughs> So, like the other two, it's kind of like, eh. They're interested in poison. They made poison happen. They did some poison experiments. Blah blah blah. This is responsible for poisoning of things. Probably this one's like definitely no. She's just poisoned people. She's just a poisoner. So that's interesting too. True crime time. Second trigger warning. <laughs> this is real true crime. Okay, here we go. This is. Marie- Gwyneth
2: Paltrow was born nineteen fifty nine.
0: That's, she's a lot older. She's younger than my parents. So. That's
2: true. But her um, jade egg makes it hard to tell.
0: Marie-Madeleine d'Aubray, the Marquise of Bronvilliers, The lady was the precursor to the fair poisons which sent shockwaves through the court of Louis XIV. You know, Sun King, great powers, high heels, Deep big portraits, the whole business.
1: Fuck the whole country.
0: Anyways, Into her tortured confession implicated the use of poison by other nobles within his court and sent him on a rampage to figure out who was poisoning him. But we're going to talk about the lady herself, how she got caught for poisoning, because she definitely did it. She was a super poisoner. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Marie Madeleine was born in 1630 as the daughter of a civil lieutenant in Paris. She was significantly well off and thought to be quite precocious. Her handwriting was flawless and contained very little spelling mistakes, which is apparently rare for women at the time, because they were not properly educated, unfortunately. She was married off to a wealthy dye merchant, Antoine Gobelin.
2: Wealthy what merchant?
0: Dye merchant, as in, like, clothing dyes.
2: Ironic, no? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's a merchant of death!
0: Antoine Gobelin, at the age of 21. So it's hard to say if they were in love, but both of them were at least polyamorous because they both took lovers at the beginning of their marriage.
2: Not that hard to say that they were in love. They probably weren't.
0: They probably weren't. Not
2: in dear listener, not because of the polyamory. That does not signify a lack of love. But just because it's a, uh, what, like uh mid nineteenth century France.
0: Yeah. yeah, and who knows how old it doesn't say how old this guy was. She was twenty one. Yeah, yeah,
2: he was yeah. Probably well like we only 40. have one person's age. I'm gonna say they're
0: not in love. I would say polyamory in general is just, like, a lot of communication and understanding. Yeah. Whatever. Tense. Anyway, it's hard to say if they were in love. No, it's not. But their lovers were known to all, and it was vaguely scandalous. hmm Marie's lover was an army officer, Godon de Saint-Croix, and he sounds like a full-blown Mr. Wickham type. Terrible with finances, dashing, and handsome, and a total leech of all wealth and status from his lady love. That was a Pride and Prejudice reference.
2: Ah, uh, okay, that's, that was going to be my next question.
0: That for Mari. I
2: love you, Mari. Hello, my love. Okay. Yes, I shall go buy you a pack of Cheetos. Ah, they say this cost $32. Mm. If they say that's the place, that's the place. I don't know much about money. <laughs> well, honey, here are your midnight century Cheetos.
0: It's crazy that you know how to speak French, and your French accent is not amazing.
2: Oh, okay kiss
1: you
0: (laughs) anyway marie and godin openly flaunted their affair enough that her father became embarrassed he sent a letter of cachet from the king and dragged the lover off to the bastille in broad daylight from the lady's own carriage
2: off to the land of blood and brick i go
0: she later wrote in a rage one should never annoy anybody if sainte-croix had not been put in the bastille Perhaps nothing would have happened.
1: little too late, my love.
2: Wish you had learned not to be such a fucking edgy Twitter user before I was arrested.
0: Based on her later confession, Saint-Croix might have crossed paths with the sexy Italian poisoner, Edigo Exili.
2: Alright, sorry. One more time? Can I get that name?
0: Edigio Exili.
2: Edigo Exili, hello. This is I, Rapa. Pick it up now. I'm sorry. I am also in a ska band. <laughs> I am the Italian poisoner. Also, I play several instruments. They are low brass. Pick it up.
0: I feel like you're doing also like a South a- South African. Kind no,
2: of no, 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 no. I'm truly Italian. Okay. If you want me to do the South African, I can. Oh God, yeah, I just slip into a South African there, the Daniel.
0: Anyway, Italians were already rumored to be big on poisoning.
2: Yeah, I mean, so... nothing, nothing's changed, right? Everything stays the same.
0: Later, she had said that he had actually learned from the Swiss apothecary to the king, Christophe Glazer. Regardless, he rotted in there for six weeks while Marie got more and more angry with her father. In addition, with both her husband and lover whittling away her finances, she started looking towards her inheritance as the next form of income. Why not poison her father? He had already committed an embarrassing wrongdoing by arresting her lover in public.
2: Was that really embarrassing?
0: I mean, it was for her. Like, oh, I
2: guess for him, too, because this is the person associated with his daughter, so he doesn't want to... Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a whole thing. That sucks. So, when St. Croix got out, he told everyone that he was starting an alchemist laboratory in around 1663.
2: Also, oh, I have begun a SoundCloud career. I've begun branching out a bit. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn, if you want to know more about me, my various uh, fragrances. LinkedIn? Yes. yes. Okay. Do you know, disagree with this? I'm not the best entrepreneur.
0: Marie would then take the poisons and test them in a public hospital next to Notre Dame. Cool. Hotel du.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Hold mm. You can't like... Yeah, we're going to stick on this for a minute. So she's hanging out in the hospital. Got a bunch of poison. Testing them out. On whom?
0: She would then bring the patients of the public hospital. Cool. Homemade poison jams and sweets and then cry inconsolably when the patients she had taken to visiting suddenly died at some point.
2: Oh, so she's like a stone-cold bitch.
0: Her beauty charmed and perceived nobility of spirit, as a noblewoman shielded her from suspicion in these deaths. Oh, so she's she's an angel
2: of death killer.
0: Well, this is her testing the poison to make sure it's good enough for her father.
1: Yeah. Okay. That sucks- multitudes of ass.
0: Right, so when the ch- chief of police is talking about this later, he's like, it's- "Whoopie
2: doopie, I made a bit of a whoopsie, didn't see that." One.
0: It's hard to reconcile like the like the noble lady that's like wiping the brows of the ilk to also that she poisoned them just to randomly, you know, to see if her poisons worked good.
1: Yes, you see. I
2: am chief officer... uh,
0: I mean, it's not... It's a hospital. It's a public hospital in the... Like, in 1600s, so it's not great.
2: Chief officer Saint-Germain. Yes, I'm looking here now. It seems, uh, Nurse Prudence, every single one of your patients has extended eyes. Uh, They appear to be weeping blood. And each one of their their tongues are protruding uh, large and purple, like, uh, I would say... Beaten leeches? Yet yeah, you say they all came in for what were their maladies? Yes, I, well, this one had a twisted ankle. This one had some lower back pain.
0: She wasn't a nurse. She just came and visited and brought people things from. She was just like a lady that came to visit the sick, like a noblewoman came to help the sick.
2: Indeed, my most sincere apologies. Once again, this is Saint Germain speaking. Uh, so, you. You're, how many other noble women are here in this public hospital? Not that many. No? Yeah. It seems I mean, I kind assume, of odd. Yeah. It I seems mean, like most of your friends are out playing cricket. Well oh, not cricket, but what's that one with the well, flamingos? They're, they're
0: hanging out with Louis the Fourteenth and drinking champagne and
2: Yeah, at Versailles, that place yeah, that's quite stuff. a ways out of this horrible, horrible city.
0: Yeah. Anyway. When the lovers were sure of their poison, they hired a servant and planted him in her father's household to administer the poison. This was around 1666. After her father's health had declined enough to warrant intervention, as in he's declining. Not that he was on the show. She moved in with him and began administering doses herself. It took more than eight months for him to die, and she dosed him more than 30 separate times to keep up the appearance of a prolonged and terrible illness.
2: Do we know what the poison was?
0: The doctors ruled the cause of death as gout. She had (laughs) her inheritance.
2: Yep. Uh, He died of fat man's disease. Sure wasn't this horrible, horrible poison streaking through his veins. Look at them ankles.
0: Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. Uh No? Within four years, the lady and her lover were back to zero and haunted by debtors. They were really spectacularly terrible with money. Marie was part of the rich brand of nobles that hung out with the king, and drank chilled champagne at all times. No, that no, didn't my stop honey. her from zeroing in on the rest of her inheritance from her father.
2: Now, now, my sweet love. You see, I paid for three prescriptions to Disney Plus because we have three TVs. Don't you understand? No, I'm good with the money. <laughs> Do not worry. We have a TV out here in the parlor. We have a TV out there. toilet. We have a TV in Chambre. I need one subscription for each. How else am I supposed to watch she Hope, Tony at La, my love? I am good with l- l'argent. The
0: inheritance had been split between her, her two brothers, and her sister. Since her part was already gone, she focused in on her two brothers, who conveniently lived in the same place. Lucky for the brothers, one of their wives hated Marie, and wouldn't allow her where friendship coalesced for women, which was by hearth or kitchen. See, this is... And therefore it was difficult for her to poison her brothers by herself.
2: There's always a crossroads in every episode where I say to myself, I want to know more about that story. I want to know everything there is to know about... Is it a sister-in-law? or
0: Sister-in-law a... yeah, of the older brother her, hated Marie.
2: I want her story. Especially at this time.
0: Luckily for Marie, though.
2: Like, navigate, like, orbiting the court of Louis XIV. And this chick was just like, my sister-in-law's a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely poison pe- poisoning people. I want to know her story.
0: Well, she doesn't know that she's poisoning. Because right she now she knows. Right now, she's only poisoned her father, and like she didn't come into under suspicion in the hospital. It was like looking back that they were like, "Oh, a bunch of people died in the hospital."
2: That's so- what I'm saying. But yeah, the whole looking back thing. Meanwhile, when people are looking back, this person was like screaming for six years. She's poisoning people, and everyone's like, "Oh, you woman! Huh. Surprised you don't misspell things more often." <laughs>
0: So, luckily for Marie, she found an extremely creepy servant that went by the name of La Chaussée, who already had a criminal record and had worked for her lover, um, Sainte-Croix, before.
2: Yes, I'm La Chaussée.
0: La Chaussée. patiently poisoned the brothers for months, using both a reddish and clearish poison water.
2: Yes, I call
1: this...
0: Poison waters. No. <laughs> the older brother wait, passed away... Wait, wait, me... let me
1: do my best. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rhenish and clearish. Poison Waters. That's where we're at. <laughs> I, I ruined my own bit. What are the names
2: of those juice packs? Ah, yes. No. <clears throat> What's the name again? The Poison clock? Waters. No, no, the name of the creepy servant. La Chaussée. Ah, yes, it is me, Eli. Je suis la Chaussée. I have here one pack of Capri Sun. It is titled "Load the Soul." It is my clear liquid in here. Very, very soire.
0: Pick <laughs> between the two, <laughs> madame. So the older brother passed away in June. The older brother the one that has the wife that hates Marie.
1: Oopsie doopsie.
0: Well, the younger died in September. They had agonizingly disgusting deaths, and they're tell us more. Well, they apparently smelled so bad by the end that no one could be in a room with them. Their so, autopsies th- showed would you say
2: that they smelled similar to popcorn.
0: They smelled like rotting corpses. Their I'm, autopsies... sorry, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm now sitting cross-legged, and the popcorn smell is intensifying.
0: You gotta start soaking your things in vinegar or something. Okay, their autopsies showed blackened and wrecked insides. There was some suspect for poison, but no one pressed the matter, since Marie was out of town when they died, and the servant was found blameless at the time.
1: Who me?
2: I'm just a ghoul, gremlin. Don't mind my trail of slime. And uh, so this just so she
0: is, got some yeah,
2: inheritance
0: from those two. She got half the inheritance from her older brother and part of the and the whole inheritance from her younger brother. But she still began plotting the murder of her her other sister and her on and off again in relationship, be husband, so the one that f- from the beginning, the dye merchant, Antoine. However, whenever she poisoned her husband, saint Croix, the lover, would give him remedies, so he just kept getting ill and then well again and ill and then well again.
2: Hi, this is I, Antoine, your on-again, off-again lover. I've gotten better with my finances. You see, this is what we have recently learned is called a timeshare. Yes, it, you see, we only need to stay there one week a year, but we pay. All the year. It is a great deal. I got nine of them.
0: (laughs) Around this time, Marie got sick of her lychee sound I became
2: Spanish. I don't know why.
0: (laughs) And took a second lover, Jean-Baptiste Brian Cole. He seemed to be a nice sort of guy and had tutored her children. He was definitely enchanted by Marie, but also terrified of her because she constantly spoke of poison and was cruel to her daughter that he was tutoring. He began to suspect she was going to murder him as well.
2: Y'all see that recent episode of Downtown Abbey? Shut up, Tiffany! Okay, sorry. Just had to slap my daughter around a bit. Y'all see that new episode? Well, isn't that interesting how- Do y'all like poison? I've just been thinking about poison. Sorry, I was talking about Downtown Abbey. Y'all think arsenic would be a good name for a horse? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> His confusions were confirmed one night when she invited him to bed. He had witnessed her hiding her shithead ex-lover, sainte in her closet. So when he came to her room, he went straight towards the closet to see if he was still in there.
2: I will just hide out in here.
0: Marie freaked out and tried to keep him from opening the door, but he succeeded in revealing Sainte croix <laughs> Sainte croix got the <laughs> F out of there while Marie cried and threatened to poison herself. Wait,
2: oh, was this kind of like a kink thing? Was he wanting to watch?
0: No, no, no. He hid in there. He's like, got a knife or whatever, and he's like, you're about to stab me. And then Brian Court calmed Marie down, like, don't poison yourself, I forgive you. And then made a plan to get the F out of there also in the morning, like, as soon as possible. He was like, I'm out of town because this lady is crazy. Anyway.
1: Things are going to shit for Marie. In
0: 1672, St. Croix dies ridiculously in debt. There's, like, some romantic rumors that he died by, like, his poisons in his laboratory, like, getting him or whatever, but it was just from a prolonged illness. The commissionary found a creepy box he had told to give to Mary Madeline full of poisons, letters... Mary who? Marie.
2: Oh, I thought you said the wife of Jesus for a moment.
0: Oh, sorry. Mary Magdalene is the wife of Jesus. Yeah? Her name is... Her full name is uh, Marie Madeline.
2: Okay, that's a different name.
0: Marie Madeline. So it was full of poisons, letters, and an envelope titled Sundry Curious Secrets.
2: So it was the equivalent of...
0: He titled an envelope f-
2: that. <laughs> so the equivalent of titling a folder on your desktop, not porn?
0: Yeah, right, exactly. So uh, obviously the commissary turned it over to the police. When Marie turns up to demand the box with great eagerness, the police decided to test the contents on animals who all died. Oh, that'll be
2: fun. Within okay. hours, yeah. All right, we have got this box This uh, clearly uh, full, full of, of, of poisons. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, bling in the cat's. Oh, fuck me, that was bad. Alright, the horse? Oh. Oh, yes, its asshole has come out of its eyes. Alright, well, only one more poison in the box. Uh, the badger? The badger is inverted. Well, she is a woman, so I'm not sure if she can read or write. These were probably her husband's poisons.
0: So when the sister-in-law that hates her found out about the box of the poisons... The one I want to hear about? She lodged an accusation against the previous servant, La Chaussée, and asked them to arrest her sister-in-law as well. So she's like, Marie Madeline,
1: is poison a my
0: fucking husband. There's a box of poisons that she's supposed to pick up. She's a poisoner. And that
2: servant is creepy as fuck.
0: Yep. So then Marie fled the country and lived off small sums of money from her only surviving sibling, her sister. La Chaussée was sen- sentenced to death. And Marie managed to evade capture for three years after the fact. When she was finally arrested, they found a sheaf of papers detailing her life and confessions of her crime.
2: Good, you want to write that down.
0: This alone was not enough to convict her on trial in Paris, especially since she denied the whole thing. Oh, I was out of the country, I'm out of my mind, I was in distress, etc. She,
2: she played the Marjorie Taylor Greene on, on trial for January 6th. I don't recall. I don't I recall. may have said everything that said called for an insurrection, but I'm saying
1: I don't recall. So yes, those are my then, tweets.
0: Yes, so Witnesses then took the stand, including her former lover, Brian Kua. Sorry, by, wh- what's his name? Well, uh, his name was, his first name was Jean-Baptiste.
2: Jean-Baptiste.
0: Brian Kua. I
2: thought he said Rancor. I was like, damn.
0: Motherfucker's got a specialist hack name. He testified against her for 18 hours.
2: (laughs) He had some shit to say.
0: (laughs) And, you know, he was crying on a stand, and then she never ended up crying the whole time. Everybody said all this shit about her, and then she was just steely-eyed and composed the whole time. Anyway, on July 16th, 1676, she was declared guilty and sent off for questioning and torture in the hopes that she would give the names of other nobles in the court who had fallen to the levels of poison along with her so she had implicated other people in Louis fourteenth court.
2: Yeah, you know there was a whole like, posse of people that just wanted... It was a Game of Thrones situation.
0: Right, so she, in her confession she had mentioned selling her poison to someone else, but the name of this person never came up again in her other confessions. It started a fear in the court that her subtle poisons were among them presently. However, she gave them no new information after torture for about four hours, and then she was sentenced to be executed.
2: See, I like this one because they got the info prior to the torture.
0: They didn't get anything new after torture.
2: Exactly! That's why I feel like this one holds water.
0: She was then ridden through Paris where all the nobles had previously associated with her gaped at her. At their destination at last, she knelt and recited her confession. So this, you know, the parade of shame, 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 a la Cersei, Game of Thrones situation.
2: Was she also nude? Well, she get a cool pixie cut.
0: I don't think so. I think she just had like you know, just shitty clothes, whatever. Um. So her confession. I confess that wickedly and for revenge, I poisoned my father and brothers, and attempted to poison my sister to obtain possession of their goods. And I ask pardon of God, and of the king, and of my country's laws. She was then beheaded by sword, and her story lives on in a sultry manner that she had poisoned for love. Apparently the crowd watched the immolation of her body with great interest and in solemnity.
2: So they cut her head off and burned her.
0: Yeah, right. So they burned her corpse after they cut her head off. And she had a nice, you know, she had a priest for her final rites and all that. He was with her the whole time.
2: So how does her s- story live on in a sultry manner?
0: Well, people said that she was poisoning for love, and oh, she wasn't really a terrible person. She's like
2: she sounds pretty terrible. I don't know. I guess history has not been kind if it was initially remembered in a sultry way
1: but yeah. but, well, but, but uh, I, I was
0: saying that people rationalized it like oh she wasn't she was still a noble woman, like she poisoned only for love, and then like her lecherous lover took away all of her choices and then she had to keep poisoning and oh no and it was like a whole thing that she was trying to be with this person.
2: I guess also another caveat would be at this time the hatred of the bourgeoisie was so intense that anyone killing other members of the bourgeoisie especially a woman who was certainly... She
0: said they're above the bourgeoisie. These oh. are like the super rich that are hanging out exactly. with the fucking king.
2: Yeah. No they're their aristocracy. So they're a the woman who of is certainly a victim of the patriarchy could be seen as a poke hero if they're killing the patriarchy. Yes, yeah, you could spin it.
0: You can so, spin it. Yeah. And she was also super charming and beautiful and smart. So it was like a thing where no one really suspected her until she be- started becoming pretty unhinged. Yeah. Like she got through all the people in the hospital and her father and two of her brothers.
2: I mean, ask her it- steps- sister in law and get back to me.
0: Her sister-in-law suspected her before...
2: Sister-in-law knew.
0: Sister-in-law knew she was a bitch, but didn't know she was a poisoner until her husband died. And then even still, she didn't know for sure until the box of poison was found after her lover died.
2: We perform a seance right now and get that sister-in-law up in here. She's gonna say, the moment I met that bitch, I knew she was fucking killing people.
0: I knew she was a poisoner, yeah. Yeah. She probably did. Intuitively, but she couldn't prove it.
2: I barely even fucking know her.
0: She couldn't prove it until later. That kind of thing. So those are my elite poisoners. They're all pretty well off, and yet they were like, interested in poison and such things.
2: Hell yeah. Fucking fantastic. Hi, cat.
0: The cat's here now.
2: Good work, Maddie. That was a great episode. Aww, what do you have so to say, cat?
0: Aww.
2: <laughs> say it again. <laughs> yeah, right that into the so mic.
1: good. Good boy. Uh,
2: well, thank you all for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at ADD Storytelling Podcast.
0: You can find us on a not-updated TikTok at ADD underscore storytelling.
2: Yeah, if that TikTok was a Tamagotchi, uh, I I let it die.
0: Yeah, you starved it to death.
2: Uh, it it's starved to death <laughs> quite a while ago, so I'm going to try to get back on that here soon.
0: You can always email us. I check the email at Storyteller at gmail.com. I would love to hear anything you have to say. And if you have any more true crime stories you like to send our way, I like it. Especially if it has to do with women and, you know, not just Ed Gein or whatever.
2: Weird Ed Gein shade to be thrown at the end of this episode, but I'm here for it. Anyway, y'all, thank also, you for listening. listener.
0: one oh. more thing. Uh, you can also support our podcast at anchor.fm slash ADD Storyteller if you want to subscribe to us or if you want to send us a one-time donation or if you want to look at all our episodes on our website you can do that
2: cool well as always dear listener we appreciate you being here
0: we love that we can make this for you
2: yeah thanks for spending time with us tonight anything to say cat
0: why right. did you hit him that <laughs> was him, so I violent
2: patted his belly
0: oh you patted him hard
2: oh that's a yawn that's not oh, a yawn yeah.
0: though He is being very indulgent of you right now.
2: Good night, everybody.
0: Bye.